Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marchalina, and joining me once again is Dairyfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Joe, I'm doing great. It's uh, it's been a, it's been beautiful out. You know, we've had uh, we had an unseasonable stretch of weather here where it's been nice and cool and uh, good for good for teams with uh, lower roster numbers this year, which it seems to be across the state, right? It could be 90 and humid out, but we're uh, we're lucking out right now and. Uh, just like we've been saying all season, happy to be out playing and coaching. It's uh, it's it's a blessing every day we're out there. So great to be back with you tonight. Yeah, I feel like um, we've had a, a great couple of days here with um, with just clear skies and and that you know what I will say is the wind everywhere I go this year it feels like it's yes. just it's so windy, uh, which is an odd thing to I feel like to say, but that I feel like that's the case. No, but you, you, you're right, though, with the weather. Like, it's been an 80s dream, right? Rain yeah. at night. We get the rain we need to, to fix the fields, and then and then it dries up during the day. We've had the wind, and it's been perfect, you know? Yeah. So you really, hey, man, as a as an AD going through a spring season for the first time, this has been uh, this has been great. Yeah. So can't complain. Yeah. Let's, let's keep it going. Uh. <laughs> let's hope so. Uh, so this season we are posting uh, the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com on Thursday mornings. So you can check it out there. Uh, as always, you can send us questions and feedback by either sending an email to uh, nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, you know, I guess we, we discussed this last week, too. Um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, we're on those as well. You can send messages there. Uh, just, uh, you know, please be patient because I don't always check those uh, as quickly as some other things. So, we'll give, you know, if you do message there, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And... Um, yeah, let us know if you uh, you have suggestions for us, or you know you don't like what we said. You want to tell us uh, where we can go. That's that's fine too. We we'll take any kind of feedback here. So Joe, we uh, we, we we've been uh, we've been talking about the the college scene a little bit and yes, scores and have. stuff like that. In the um, you know the college the college season's winding down here. We they've released the the playoff brackets for for D one and D two and D three on the both the boys and the girls side. Um, but I thought we'd switch gears a little bit and, and uh, talk about some of the um, the New Hampshire kids who have uh, picked up some honors this season Absolutely. here. You know, next week we can kind of talk about maybe some of the guys that are guys and girls that are still playing in the in the playoffs with their teams. But uh, wanted wanted to talk about some of our local kids. Who uh, who picked up some some honors across the board at the D two and D three levels? Sounds good. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know we've we've obviously we've talked about Timmy Hendricks all season from BG, uh, playing down at Providence. He made uh, he made all Big East. He was a second team member for all Big East this year. Um, joining him from BG, we had Ben Abladian, who we've talked about a lot this year. Uh, he was uh, he made the all rookie team. He was rookie of the week in the NEC and made the all rookie team there. I think he personally, I think he's in contention for, for rookie of the year. Well, I haven't seen anything come out with that yet, but we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see if he makes the final ballot there you mean for, for, for nationally or for the conference. I, I think, I think he's got to be at least on the ballot nationally. Don't yeah. you? I mean, I gotta, yeah. I mean, he was four or five points a week. I'm, th- I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He was rookie of the, the NEC rookie of the year. Correct. Overall. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. I would, I would assume so. I mean, he's had quite the season. Yep. And so staying with BG, uh, Cam Holt and Colin Casey down at Lynn University. Uh, Cam was first team all SSC, and uh, Colin Casey in the net made second team. Um, you know, and then switching gears a little bit, uh, staying, staying in our theme of goalies here, Henry Vogt from Exeter. He was the NEC all-rookie team goaltender. Uh, so nice to see him get some recognition there. Um, you know, staying with our friends over in Bryant there, we've got, a, we've got quite the collection of Pinkerton guys, Ryan Ozier, Mason Druin, Nate Liberty. Uh, Mason Druin made the the all rookie team again for the NEC, and uh, all three of those guys, along with Ben, were uh, NEC champions. Bryant was also NEC champion over last weekend, so congratulations to them. Um, a blast from the past uh, from Pinkerton here, Nick Sturgis. He's out at Endicott, and uh, last week he was the CCC Conference uh, Specialist of the Week as an LSM. There had a huge game, a lot of takeaways, ground balls there. So congratulations to Nick. Um, continuing around the league here, uh, another name of, of great player from Sauhegan, Joe Nutting out of Keene. Uh, he was the offensive player of the year for the little East conference. So great to see Joe getting, uh, great, getting recognition there and doing well out of Keene. 
Uh, a great player that I went up a lot at Wyndham, Jake Russ out at Lynchburg. Uh, he, w- he was, uh, they were the uh, UDAC champions this year. So Jake making an impact right away there down at, down at Lynchburg. And then uh, another name here, uh, Todd Redman from Nashua North, Nashua North's finest here out at Mercyhurst. They were the great Midwest Atlantic Conference champions over last weekend there. So a ton of guys, uh, you know, and prob- probably some names we missed too, but a ton of guys from, from New Hampshire making their mark on the, uh, on the national college scene here. So great to see that. You know, you, you mentioned a lot of them, uh, you know, the ones that, that were um, uh, on, on uh, conference championship teams too. And I feel like my um... – you know, my Instagram feed was just full of pictures of, of kids winning, uh, you know, yeah. pictures of kids holding the their, their conference championship trophies. Like, I just, I couldn't believe that now I feel like every time I logged in, I was, I'm looking, you know, looking at someone else that's one uh, that's going to be playing in uh, the uh, NCAA tournament, you know, which, for their respective divisions. It was just I, incredible. Um, I mean, I know yeah. we, we talk a lot about, you know, how there, how many kids from New Hampshire are playing lacrosse in college, but seeing that was just was like wow it was pretty neat i agree with you every time every time i opened up instagram or twitter it, it was flooded with pictures of, of guys you know playing playing and, and contributing to their teams i mean it happened early enough last week that i think we we mentioned it on the podcast last week but uh you know we brian cameron and zach tucci you know playing uh playing for unc they won they won the uh the acc championship over duke um and they'll be the number one seed in the ncaa tournament there so you know congratulations to them uh, lots and lots of success stories out there. So yeah. it's, it's really cool to see how New Hampshire is making its mark. Well, we did also have, uh, you know, some, uh, some honorees on the uh, women's side as well. Um, we'll start off, uh, you know, we, we've talked to, talking a lot of Bryant lacrosse over the, the season um, and, and got to recognize on the women's side too, uh, former Bedford player uh, Chamberlain Bell, uh, she's a freshman down there at Bryant was named to the uh, All-NEC Rookie Team. Uh, had a big year for them. Then uh, another um, freshman, uh, Anna Blaska, who was at Pinkerton, uh, was a was second-team All-Conference uh, at Utica in the uh, the Empire 8, which is in the in uh, D3. Storied conference out there in central New York. Big, big time. So that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's great to see that. Yeah. Um, you know, she was actually a second-team uh, selection. Um, had a pretty good year was uh, actually second on the team in uh, caused turnovers with with 18 and uh, and also had a goal as a, as a defender uh, so that's that's always fun uh, and then uh, Caitlin Marchant at uh, Western New England uh, she's from Londonderry uh, she was a senior uh, for Western New England this year was named um, to the first team all CCC and uh, actually the second time that she's received honors she was also um, on the third team in 2019 so she actually um had uh 61 saves to lead uh, all goalies in the conference this year and then uh, had a save percentage of 49.6 so great year for her and and she caps off her college uh career with uh with the first team all ccc uh mention very nice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and if we miss, you know, for the listeners out there, if there if there's someone we miss, we didn't do it on purpose. Please send it to us, and we can highlight it next week. We're gonna we're gonna be specifically looking at at some of our New Hampshire uh, college bound players that are that are still active in the tournaments. We're gonna look at D three, D two, and and D one, and you know, look at how they're doing. But if we miss someone that uh, you feel like we want to highlight here, please send it our way, and we'll get them we'll get them on next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know. We were uh, we were discussing beforehand, yeah. What what teams were gonna you know gonna be in it? it just it seems like there's so many that uh, better to, to hold off a little bit and see how they do this weekend and, and kind of discuss those games uh, after they happen. But um, you know th- this week uh, I've also made a concerted effort to uh, at this point you know we usually read off the top ten uh, high school teams and I uh, made an extra effort this week to make sure I got the right the right poll in front of me. Don't want to have a replay of last week where I read off the wrong poll and said, "Hey, there's a top 10." And it actually wasn't. So uh <laughs> That's all right. I mean, I I think it was a great insight into into your mind last week. Yeah, yeah, listeners, yeah, you know. Listeners want to know what your personal <laughs> what your personal top 10 is. You know, I don't I don't think they care about the rest of the coaches here. We want to know uh, we want to know, know what what does Joe see out there in the landscape. No, that's that's so. like one of the that's like one of the core 
rules of like like journalism what you're supposed to you know is is no one cares what you think like (laughs) (laughs) everybody wants to hear what what you know the coaches and the and the players and no one wants to hear what i want to say i have to say um but anyway anyways so you know kind of um it's been the recurring theme here i think for for the last couple weeks uh the top four stayed stayed the same for another week um, you know, BG has been that number one team all season. They got all uh, all the first place votes once again. Um, you know, when they came off a, a couple of big wins over Exeter, so really, really solidified that spot. I can't imagine them. You know, unless something happens where they somehow drop a game the rest of the regular season, they're going to probably be carrying that into the playoffs. Uh, and then, of course, Exeter number two, Pinkerton number three. And uh, Londonderry number four. So that's yeah, it's been your top four for a while now. Uh, yeah, and it's hard hard to argue against that. I mean, you know, we we kind of been looking at litmus tests throughout the season in terms of you know how those things shake out. And I think for now, you know, until we get uh, until until we get a, another Pinkerton um, Pinkerton Exeter matchup, you know, uh, Pinkerton Londonderry Exeter Londonderry. You know, I, I think it's hard to argue that those top four aren't in the correct spots right, right. now. Yeah. Um, you know, could it change, could it change down the line? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think that's a fair assessment of, of where the, where the division is right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number five is where things get interesting. Cause that's where we got the big jump this week, uh, where you have Portsmouth, uh, going from number eight all the way up to number five after, uh, after a big week last week that included, uh, I, I don't know, you might want to, you might want to cover your ears as I as I say this. I don't. I'm not sure. Um, where they they knock, they go to uh, Manchester, knock off Derry Field. Uh, what was what what did, was my count accurate on the uh, the games in a row against division opponents? I I thought I counted you seven, seventy-seven. Given, you should have given me a little heads up on that, Joe. I saw that number and it's uh, <laughs> it definitely jumped off the page to me. I I don't know if that's I I don't know if that's complete. You had seventy-seven written down and. Uh, it might be. It might be. Uh, it might have been seventy-seven straight, uh, straight D two D two wins. Uh, well, I'll definitely. You know what? I'm interested. I'll have to. I'll have to go take uh, a look yeah. at that. I, um, I went back and back through the schedules that I could. You know, that were are up there online, and there were definitely a couple games where, like, I know Central's been up and down, and Memorial was up and down for a while there, but I don't think you really played either of them until they dropped down to D2 or central you played a couple times as a D1 team, but which obviously wouldn't count in that streak. But, um, so they might've missed a game at two there, but I, I mean, that's, I, I, I kind of thought it would be close to 80. So 77 seems about right. We'll, we'll, we'll go back. I'll have to take, I'll have to take a look when I get a chance, but you know, yeah. without getting, I know you want to talk about that game in a little bit, but you know, real quickly, obviously, you know, tip of the hat to coach Fisher and to the Portsmouth kids. It was an awesome game. Um, we will, we'll, we'll talk more about it in a little bit in the podcast, yeah. but, uh, you know, incredibly impressed with, with both teams. It was a great game back and forth. I think both teams learned, uh, you know, an awful lot about each other and, and about themselves. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm so happy that, uh, we were able to make that game happen. Obviously I, I don't like losing games, but you know, <laughs> um, I do think it will benefit both teams. I'd rather have a game like that and go into the playoffs knowing, uh, you know, things that we need to work on and getting there and uh, being surprised by that. Cause I know, I know my team um, we've got some experienced kids and then we've got some kids that, that need to learn and, uh, and they did. So, uh, you know, without focusing on that, we can, we can come back to that. But again, congratulations to coach Fisher and the Portsmouth guys, nothing but uh, respect and uh, admiration for, uh, for, you know, just the, the great game that was played. Yeah. A lot of fun. So yeah, the Clippers at number five, uh, Bedford coming in at number six, uh, Derry field at seven, Winnicott at eight, uh, coming off their their first loss, they uh, they got a handed a big uh, setback against Pinkerton on Saturday. Nashua South uh, at number nine, which um, I'm I'm kind of glad to see them still hanging around in the pole despite not having a game in almost almost two weeks. Uh, and then you got Hollis Brookline coming in at number ten, and then uh, a few teams uh, falling into the also receiving votes: uh, Campbell, Wyndham. Sauhegan and Timberlane all getting votes this week so a nice mix there I and, and and I don't I mean I don't see anything you know that I would disagree with necessarily in that poll actually you know let me pull this up real quick I think I had the exact same poll to be honest 
Um, and you and I talked earlier. I had yeah. pretty close. I had pretty close to that. I had pretty close yeah, to that I poll. Did. I um, had. I there. had the exact. My poll was exactly what the uh, the the collection was. Uh, the overall poll too. So, um, yeah. I th- I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was gonna say. I think the bottom of that poll. I think that towards the, you know again from anywhere from anywhere from five through through ten and also receiving votes is a, is an interesting mix of teams that. I think there will be some more movement throughout the season. I mean, already we saw, um, you know, Sauhegan drops out, but then they come back this week and they take the first of the doubleheader against against Hollis. You know, do they can they can they take a second one later this week, or does Hollis bounce back and and, and take one at home against Sauhegan there? Campbell, extremely impressive right now, picking up you know uh, key wins earlier in the year. You know, they beat Trinity and then they go and take uh, two from from St. Thomas. Um, you know, Coach Coach Woolhan's team is young this year, but you know, always a perennially tough, you know, in top D two team. So for for Campbell to be able to get two games there, um, you know, extremely impressed with what they're doing right now. Wyndham seems to be getting hot right now. You know, hangs on for a for a one goal win over Timberlane. Interesting to see what what they do, uh, you know, in the in the second one there too. So I, I think there could be um I think when we took the vote over the weekend, I couldn't disagree with with the way the vote turned out. I think there'll be some movement this week. You I, know, yeah, in that I poll. think so too. I think so too. I think yeah that that um, you mentioned that Wyndham Timberland game from from Tuesday, and uh, I'm really interested to see what happens in the rematch on Thursday. Yeah, because that game was it was seven two Wyndham at halftime, and um, you know the big move uh, for for Timberland there was putting well, they beat um, six six one in the second. So Timberland beat yeah, them six one in the, in the six one in the second half. Second half. So it was an eight eight seven final, or excuse no, it was five five one. No, that's not right. Yeah, it is right. Five <laughs> one, uh, <laughs> so it was eight seven final. That's right. Um, you know, and and the big thing that Timberlane did was they took um, took Billy Savage and stuck him on Nate Levine, and that was you know, and then went from there with their you know with their defensive assignments, and it was it made a huge difference. Um, you know, just you you know. The, th- the thing was, though, is that Wyndham was dominant uh, on face-offs and was able to get possession and hang on to it, um, especially in that fourth quarter. And that was the biggest difference was just that Timberland couldn't get the ball back. Do you remember, was Nate was Nate taking face-offs for them? He was not, no. Um, and oh, I, so they had someone else. They had someone else, and I am i don't know if he was on the roster that I had now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> Well, regardless, it'll be interesting to see yeah. the uh, interesting to see how the two teams two teams uh, you know, for lack of a better word, face off against each other this time around. Um, um, you know, but I, though you know, we you were talking there about uh, while we were going over the poll, you know, just about the those top four teams kind of shaking out um, as they play a little bit more against each other. Uh, of course, I think BG's played all of them uh, to this point, but um, the matchups I kind of have my eye on over the next uh, week or so. Um, you know, tomorrow or Thursday night, you've got Nashua South coming off of its uh, its its COVID pause there against uh, Pinkerton, and then next week Pinkerton plays two with Exeter. Uh, so you know, those are those are games that I um, you know I'm really interested to see what the results are. Um, you know, is I I think earlier in the year, you know, maybe a lot of us had Pinkerton and Exeter pretty close together, interchangeable as that two three team. Uh, and just because of, I think, get just results from games. I'm, I think, I feel like Exeter's maybe separated a little bit. So we'll find out for sure. You know, when they play each other next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm interested too. I mean, I think I, I, I'm looking forward to the the Pinkerton Exeter games coming up the week uh, next week because, you know, I, I do like the way Pinkerton's playing right now. I. I I, I'm extremely impressed with that 16 to four win they had over Winnicott. Yeah. I mean, you know that that's a good that's a good Winnicott team. They're, they're, it's loaded with talent. Coach Snow has some very good players there. It's a senior laden team, and for for Pinkerton to be able to play that physical and that disciplined, I mean that that's a that's pretty much a you know that that's a you know I no disrespect it's a it's a blowout win. I mean yeah. you know. Um, and, and to do that against a team that's arguably in contention for a state title in D2 is pretty impressive. Um, so, you know, looking forward to Pinkerton there. I'm also interested looking at Nashua South schedule. They've got a potential trap game in between, uh, you know, they've got Pinkerton tomorrow and then they've got Bishop Girton coming up the week after they got Sauhegan 
on Saturday at 10 a.m. You know, you're, you're coming off, you're coming off a COVID pause. You're going to, you're going to give everything you got against Pickerton to try and, you know, uh, do what you can do in that game and try and see if you can get a win there. But then you got to turn around and play a Sauhegan team that still seems to be playing hungry that, yeah. you know, coach Bertrand has out there, you know, they beat, they beat Hollis and, and looking for, looking for two there, you know, does, does Nashua South overlook Sauhegan based on Sauhegan's slow start? you know, looking ahead to Bishop Girton. So that, that'll be an interesting game this weekend to me. I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye on that one. Yeah. Really a, a tough, tough. I mean, you hate to see that any team have to go, you know, through that. Um, but yeah, South had a, a good stretch there. You know, they lost some games against Londonderry and lost the, you know, first game against uh, Pinkerton, uh, which, you know, would have been fun to see those two. But yeah. I, I almost feel like, you know, through, through all of this, not to, you know, it, it, it may be stupid to even say, but I feel like, you know, seeing what Exeter and what BG have, have done to this point, and um, it almost feels like, you know, Pinkerton, I don't want to say, I, I guess I'm going to say it, they almost feel like they for, the forgotten team in D1. Like, you know, th- this is probably still a, a three- or four-team race. Um, they they just, definitely, it, I, I think coming into the season, they definitely were, were felt like they were the overlooked team. And, you know, now you're looking at their scores there they're playing great defense. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they aren't giving up, you know, th- those scores they put up against, against Bishop Girton were very respectable, you know, held them, held them to under 15 goals. Um, you know, were in each game, um, you know, the first time they played them, they, they put up eight goals and gave up 14 second time, you know, a little bit lower goal scoring, you know, they only scored two, but you know, only gave up 11. Um, and then you look at the rest of their scores. I mean, their defense is playing fantastic right now and arguably, okay. They haven't played, you know, the best teams, but it shows me, you know, that Winnicott game showed me a lot, um, you know, and, and I think that's, you know, if Exeter is not respecting them, that that's a game. Those those are potential trap games for them right there right. coming yeah. in and coming into those yeah. seasons. So, uh, um, well, you uh, you mentioned we would we would get back to the to your game from Saturday, um, and you, I, you're right. I mean, that was that was one of the. I mean, that's going in the pile of, of games of the year, um, you know, with with uh, Portsmouth pulling out a, a 5-4 win there uh, over Derry Field. Um, and, and on top of it, um, the crowd was, you know, I, I haven't said this a lot this year throughout any sports uh, for obvious reasons because there haven't been many crowds. Um, but there was a, there was a nice um, a nice crowd at that game on Saturday, and they were into it. Um, it was It was a pretty good atmosphere uh in terms of 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 cheering the teams on and and i you know i was glad that that was there because it it, i felt like that game you guys kind of fed off though both teams kind of fed off that a little bit oh they did there was definitely energy going back and forth you know when one team you know we uh you know portsmouth portsmouth would go up by a goal and then we tie it up they went up by two and then we tied it up you know at halftime and you could just feel the energy in the stands and um you know, it, it, it felt, it felt almost, you know, dare I say normal, like it, it felt like a, a typical, you had two teams that have played each other two out of the last three state championships. It was under the lights. Um, you know, and I thought, you know, the other thing, it, w- it was a good crowd. I thought they were really, you know, people were really respectful. Um, you know, and it was, it was really good uh, back and forth between both teams, incredible goalie play. Oh yeah. Um, yeah you know, I, thought, I thought both teams goalies played, played outstanding. Um, really good defense. And, you know, it was, it was one of those games where like, you know, there were a couple little mistakes by both teams and, uh, you know, Portsmouth made, you know, I, I sounds cliche and I said it in the interview with you afterwards, but Portsmouth made one more play than we did. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, and, I, and like I said, I think, um, you know, both coaches, it, the problem is both teams know each other so well, you know, we know each other's tendencies. Um, you know, we know the matchups really well. And um, so it was, you had to earn every single, every single goal, every single turnover, um, you know, and again, I, I can't say enough, you know, the, the Portsmouth kids came ready to play. They, they were hungry. They wanted that game. I'm not saying our kids weren't, but uh, you know, it was, um, it was just a really fun game to be a part of. I wish, I wish we had won, but you know, I got to, I got to tip your hat and uh, you know, just be, be happy to be a part of something like yeah. that. It was uh Get where where we were a year ago, and uh, even where I thought we might be at this time, I, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, it a lot of oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, a year ago that Saturday, I was probably sitting at home on my couch, you know, watching I don't know something stupid on Netflix. So yeah, I'd much rather be out watching a lacrosse game like that. 
Um, you know, what I thought was was kind of remarkable, um, and I, I said this to, to Coach Fisher after the, after the game, um, the fact that they were able to um, shut you guys out in the second half, despite, you know, it's not one of those where it's like, well, they got possession and they dragged it out and you never touched the ball. You know, I felt like you guys had opportunities. Um, oh, for sure. You know, for sure. And and I was I was wondering. I was like, man, when was probably the last time that that happened where where Derryfield didn't score in a half? And and it actually dawned on me right away was the last time that you guys played in 2019. You played a regular season game where I think you guys were up seven to one at halftime, and ended You're up right. and ended up winning seven to six. That. Yeah, it was the last regular. It was the last regular season game we played. You're absolutely yeah. right. I I I had I hadn't forgot about that. Yeah. There aren't many, there aren't many times, let alone in a second half where we haven't, where we haven't scored a goal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty ironic. I, I came into that game telling my defense, I said, five goal, five goals or less, five goals or less <laughs> yeah. and we win this game. And if you had told me, you know, I would have put money down that if we were able to hold a good Portsmouth team to five goals or less, we would, we would win that game. And, uh, you know, like I said, a uh, lot of good things came out of that game for, for my team. And I know I'm sure for coach Fisher too, but we, we learned some things that we need to get better at. And um, you know, we learned some strengths and weaknesses. And uh, I even had kids come up to me afterwards, recognizing certain things that had happened on the field that the other team had game plan for and said, you know what, we got to be better. We, they, they knew us, they were prepared and uh, you know, I got to work on those things. So I, again, hate losing but uh you know it was it was an awesome game for for anyone who was there so and uh they've got a you know Portsmouth played uh St. Thomas on Tuesday got a win there play them again uh on Thursday uh and then they've got an interesting road trip um scheduled for Saturday where they play at Merrimack uh three o'clock on Saturday which you guys had played them a couple weeks ago um was a one goal game in that one so I'm I'm curious to see what um, what what that matchup looks like with with Portsmouth and, and and Merrimack. Of course, Merrimack being back up in D1 this year um, after after being down in D2 for a little bit. So uh, I believe they they might have played a couple back in 2019, but I'm not I'm not positive on that. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure they did play them in 2019. I think Merrimack had a, a pretty well balanced schedule when they were down in D2. Yeah. I, I'm fairly certain. Yes, I know we played them in 2019. Um, you know, Merrimack, uh, they're, you know, I don't think coming into the season, people expected them to be, uh, you know, one of the top teams in division one, obviously, but you know, when you look at their roster, they do return an awful lot of juniors and seniors. They really didn't graduate a whole lot. And so they, they have been competitive in, in a lot of games. I mean, the top teams in D one, no, they haven't, but you know, they, they've hung around and they've played tough and they don't, they don't give up. Um, so you know, uh, Portsmouth having to go to Merrimack on a Saturday on grass, you know, um, you know, they, maybe they're looking ahead to, to win a Cunit the week after, um, you know, you never know. Um, I will tell you, you know, I, I warned coach Fisher. I said, I hope your kids aren't looking ahead because, you know, we, you know, all the credit to Merrimack, we were, we were up big, took our foot off the pedal a little bit and they continued to fight the whole game through. And all of a sudden, before we knew it, we were in a dog fight. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, um, those, those Merrimack kids will not quit. So, um, you know, another team that we were talking a little bit there about during the, uh, while well, we were uh, talking about the poll, um, which seems to be the team, I, I don't know, I, I'd say at this point, um, maybe the, the, the team to beat in, in D3 right now would be Campbell. Um, I don't uh, think there's any question. I don't think there's any question no, about it no. based on the schedule that they've played and the scores that they've put up. I mean, they might have two losses to Hollis, but they are they are arguably, um, you know, probably looking like the most complete team out of any that I've seen in D, D3 so far. It is a little bit difficult because of, you know, location of the, a lot of the D3 schools. And, you know, you don't know what's happened with COVID and vacations and different things like that. But consistently, week after week, I, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think Cam, I think Campbell's been the most complete team so far. Um, yeah, I know, because from, from a lot of, I mean, a Again, the you know teams that are up north like Laconia and Plymouth and and um, uh, what now I'm drawing blank Guilford, uh, Guilford. Lot, you know a lot of those yep. teams they're playing each other up there and and uh, hard to get a read right? yeah it's, yeah it's, it's hard to yeah you know it's hard of, to do comparative scores right. you know all you can really do is look at the strength kind of the strength of schedule and like we talked about Hollis Brookline or uh, Campbell's played Hollis Brookline twice really close games arguably could have won one in overtime. 
you know, they beat Trinity twice convincingly, you know, and, and Trinity was one of those teams we had pegged as being one of the top teams. Um, you know, they beat St. Thomas the first time around very handedly and then show some grit. You know, St. Thomas, again, Sean's a really good coach, makes some adjustments and, and Campbell's still able to find a way to eke out, you know, a, a one goal victory there. Yeah, that, that game on Monday, I, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm overloading the bag of uh, games of the year here, but because um, uh, <laughs> I know I've used, I've used that for a couple of games, not just this week, but that game was, was a, a, a very intense one um, and a fun one to watch, um, you know, because, both again, you know, goalies on, on both sides making saves early in that one. I, I honestly thought that, that St. Thomas could have been up, you know, 3 or 4-1 in the first half of that game had it not been for some good saves by Campbell, um, some good defense by Campbell, and then just bad luck um, hitting a couple of pipes by uh, by St. Thomas. Um, you know, and, and then to kind of watch in the second half where I think Campbell got up 5-3, uh, to three and, and St. Thomas was able to come back and tie it at 5. Um, you know, so there was no quit on their side. Um, and it just was a lot of fun to watch. I'm really I'm hoping that I'm able to get out to see Campbell again uh, during the regular season. Yeah. I will tell you, I am interested to see, though, I wish Campbell was playing Hopkinton a little bit because we, we recently got to play Hopkinton and they, uh, they do have a very, they do have a very good goaltender. Uh, they're solid in that. They're solid in the faceoff area there. And they've got, uh, you know, physical experienced kids and it's a program that, you know, obviously is used to winning. And I think, you know, based on the schedule they've played, you know, they, they did drop two to Pembroke, who's in Division Two. Uh, it was during vacation week. They're missing uh, their, their all-state, you know, LSM close defender, Stephen Newton Delgado. He, he had an injury. He's going to be back next week. Um, you know, Hopkinson's playing Merrimack Valley up in D2. Bishop Brady, uh, you know, up in – or actually, I'm sorry, Brady's in D3. But still, you know, they, they, they've challenged themselves a little bit this season. And, and getting, to, getting to the playoffs, I think that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. You know, how, how does, uh, you know, Campbell, who – you know, they're, they're learning to win. They, they've had all this success, but now they're going to, they potentially run into a program that's had a lot of success. Um, you know, I, I, I think that could be a fun matchup there. And I think they will probably play if they do regionally, they probably will play each other. Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, well, speaking, speaking of, um, you know, we, I, we haven't really touched on, on this too, too much um, just because, I think it's it's um, you know it maybe hasn't all been completely decided in in or set in stone yet, but I've noticed on the NHIA's website you know that they're they're um, making changes to dates and and locations for playoff stuff. So um, you know maybe we can we can give a little update on that. Um, you know I, I see now that on the on the you know both the boys and the girls side, you know there's going to be an extra round. Um, you know for so with divisions one and three. There's a round of prelims um, that isn't normally there, and then uh, in Division Two uh, on both sides because you have a million teams in each division. Um, there's a, a prelims and a round one added, so we're gonna have a lot of playoff games. Um, that you know, if you, if you don't get enough college lacrosse on Memorial Day, <laughs> you'll have some. You'll have some high school lacrosse as well. Uh, there's on the girls' side, every division is playing on Memorial Day, and on the boys' side, Division Two is playing on Memorial Day. So. Yeah. Uh, my barbecue will be cut a little bit short on uh, on Memorial Day there. Yeah, I'm. I was actually kind of surprised to see that. I can't. I can't remember the NHIA playing anything ever on Memorial Day, um, in terms of playoffs. Even you know, going back to my my early days, uh, you know, with papers when I was covering every sport and and tennis was getting rescheduled, you know, because of rain here and there and thunderstorms and whatever. They never rescheduled it to Memorial Day. So yeah, I'm really yeah really surprised by that. Um, well, we're making it. We're making it happen this year. You got to <laughs> do something to make it work, and so uh, so that's when that's when it's taking place this year. Um, <laughs> it is it is interesting that they didn't choose Tuesday Thursday. Like there is, for some reason, they did Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah, and so it, yeah. it seems like you could have done one day breaks in between. But you know, um, that being said, you know maybe you do want those extra two days before the uh, before the quarterfinals there you know, to get, to give a little extra rest. Um, Man. so, you know, so one way or another, right. somebody's going to be unhappy, but <laughs> you know, to give some more, to give some more insight, basically up until the finals, uh, the lower number team or the lowest highest seeded team, 
I guess you would well, say. Well, they they've they made a, a a strong effort in the fall and the winter to 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 make sure that these are it's known that they're not seeds. Uh, they're just numbers that are drawn gotcha. out of a hat or something well, like that. Fine, numbers <laughs> out of a hat or seeds drawn out of a hat. The traditional seeding, the lower number seeding team, whoever gets that, will be will be the host. The home host, yeah. All the way through the semifinals up to the finals, and on the boys' side, the D one, uh, D one, and D two will be at Bedford. Um, with D1 playing first at 5, and then D2 playing second at 7.30. And then on the D3 side, uh, it will be at the Bank of New Hampshire, Laconia High School Stadium, uh, playing at 5 o'clock. And all of those are on uh, Saturday the 12th. So it's too bad we couldn't make all of them happen like we have in the past at one location. That's been kind of fun having all of them there. Um, You know, on the girls' side, still haven't – the – Interesting enough, the D1 and the D3 finals are scheduled for Tuesday the 8th um, with the with the semis uh, being on the 5th. And then on the girls on the D2 side, the semis are on the 7th and the 9th with locations all still TBD for the finals yet. So that hasn't been that hasn't been hashed out yet where the uh, the girls lacrosse finals will be. Um, but they'll be a little bit earlier than the boys just by uh numbers yeah i mean well i mean that that's been the case uh for as long as i can remember um you know that the girls are are finishing up midweek which is you know i i i I know there's scheduling conflicts and whatever but i i feel like that's a it's a bit of a disservice to the girls you know it's the only um it's the only sport that doesn't play its championship game on a friday or saturday uh or sunday um in the state which um you know, it's a little frustrating. Makes it a little bit hard. Makes yeah. it a little bit harder to have a. If if you're not done with school yet, makes it a little bit harder to have a celebration that night. That night, if, yeah, you're, on the, if yeah. you're on the winning well, side. That you know? that too. Well, not to that too. Having fans, parents, like, work know, parents and fans attend yep. too. Yeah, it's that's yep. a little rough. Um, yep. and I I've never been given a good reason as to why it can't happen. Um, other than schedule, you know, conflicts with with locations or sites or we have you know. But any anyway, yeah. that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, I'm, I was, I was curious to see what happened with this because in terms of the semis and the finals, finals, because, you know, when you go back and you look at the fall, um, you know, there was nobody that shared sites, like all of the semis were at separate locations, the championship games were at separate locations, different days moved around. Um, some were even hosted by, you know, again, lower team numbers, um, or flip of a coin or whatever. Um, which again is very unusual. Uh, but then in the winter we had, um, for basketball, you had in hockey, the semis were all at one location. You just, you know, you had people rotating in and out. So I was, I was curious to see what that case would be. Um, you know, whether we'd have the same thing in the spring or if they'd go back to, to, you know, different sites and, uh, looks like that's what the case is going to be. So it's, uh, well, I guess I, I guess I'm gonna have to be pulling names out of the hat too to figure out which games I'm gonna go to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, good conflict to have, right? We're not gonna complain too much here. We're having championships, so we're happy. We're happy that it's uh, yeah. that it's happening. Yes. So yes, we'll yes, I will remember that until I get the first email that says, "Why weren't you at our playoff game?" Yeah, <laughs> um, it's um. I, but I'm I'm curious I'm curious to see how it works out too with the the regions because I feel like in or or the clusters or whatever you want to call them um, because in a lot of the other sports you kind of had groupings or I'm sorry four groupings um, with the you know the number of teams depending on how many teams were in the division so which which works out well when you're you know when you're doing semifinals you know because you get to a final four you got if you're if you're getting like you know one team from each grouping that that probably works out best um so i would assume that that's going to be the same you know going into all of these playoffs i think it will i think it will as well joe i think it's uh, you know in 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 a in a not uh necessarily equal or fair way this year without holding standings um i i think it is the the fairest way to ensure that you're going to get uh you know pretty good matchups you know throughout the throughout the playoffs there um, is it perfect? No, it's not. 
and um, you know, God willing, we'll be back to uh, we'll be back to doing it the way that uh, we've done it in the past, and it seems like the the fairest way to do it, where you know everybody gets almost an equal schedule, and and we keep standings, and and the games, and I I I'm, I feel like it's it's tough because I don't know anybody that's not really caring about these games this year right. and not playing yeah. them to win, you know, like I I I have yet to run into we talked about it. It's like, there's lots of ways you could play these games, but I don't see a whole lot of coaches being like, well, you know, I don't know if we're really going to really care about the win today. We're just going to empty our bench and kind of play everybody, you know, equal time. It just, I don't see that. I, I can tell you that didn't happen in the Portsmouth dairy. I was just going to say, yeah, so. you guys, you guys both looked like you wanted to win that game. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, and the kids do too. I think in, in you know, being a year away, being a year away, it, 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 it just doesn't work that way. You know, the kids yeah. want to play and they want to compete. I think if I'd have said to uh, to Coach Fisher after that game that it, you know it doesn't count in the standings, I think he might have, he might have not ever talked to me again after that. <laughs> um, well, so um, looking at the girls' side of things, um, there's a couple big games this week between you know maybe what are arguably the one and maybe one and two teams in Division One uh, with BG and Bedford playing. Um, you know, of course, they got one game in. Uh, already on Tuesday, which, um, you know, watching the scoring on, on Twitter, that, that was a kind of an interesting one where, yeah, I think Bedford got out to a 3 nothing lead in that game, uh, but then BG ended up winning 15-8. to So that's, I mean, quite a, a run there to, to, to be outscoring Bedford 15-5 to over the rest of that game. I don't know how long that was, if it was, you know, 10 minutes left in the first half or, or 20 minutes left in the first half, but... Um, I think it might be the best thing that could have happened to the Bedford girls because you, you you realize okay we can we can play with it we can play with BG and you know we ended up letting BG get a comfortable win at the end. However, you know we know that come you know you make some adjustments going into the playoffs and now all of a sudden maybe maybe you can you can, it can be even tighter you know and you, and you can knock you can knock them off you know it was kind of like that that you know we were talking do you want to beat does exeter want to beat bg during the regular season on the bullet on the boys side you're not going to turn it down but you know maybe the best thing for you is that you know gain some confidence going into the playoffs yeah yeah um you know and, and bedford's had some close games with some other other um you know teams they had a the second of their two games with Sauhegan was a little bit closer they only beat they beat portsmouth by one uh, a couple of weeks ago um which you know that's um it's a really good win. Yeah, a, a good win. But I, I mean, I was, I was surprised it was was that close. To be honest, I just where they were in the in the season, I would have figured that, you know, Bedford might win that one by a, little, a few more. Um, and of course, BG still has uh, Thursday night's game with Bedford. They still have a game against Sauhegan coming up. Um, you know, and and the other contenders there, I think Pinkerton and Sauhegan both still have to play Londonderry. Um, I know Pinkerton had a close game with Nashua South um, on Wednesday. Um, but I think it's it's kind of shaping up to, to look like, you know, BG, Bedford, Pinkerton, Sauhegan might be that, that top four uh, again. Um, you know, but I just, I, I it's kind of like with the boys for BG. You know, you look like you're playing with them, and then just they go on a run, and all of a sudden you go from being down a goal to maybe being down seven goals. And it's like, wait a minute, how did this just happen? We, we weren't playing that badly. Yeah. Think well, you know, I, when it's, it's like we've said on the boys side, when you have, when you have that much talent that you can put out and you can put that much pressure on teams all game long, it, it tends to you little mistakes add up. And then all of a sudden the game starts the snowballs and it gets out of control. And that'll be the key for the playoffs is, you know, can you, can you limit those little mistakes and, and not let it start to spiral out of control? You know, and then um, in D2, you know, we were just, you just mentioned Portsmouth and I, they're, they're kind of, um, you know, off to the start of kind of what we thought they'd be, you know, three-time defending champs, and they, they certainly look like it. Um, you know, their only losses are, are that one-goal loss to Bedford the four, and a four-goal loss to Pinkerton earlier this year. Um, but, you know, there's a team that's, uh, you know, not too far behind them in Wyndham. Um, you know, Wyndham's won uh, nine in a row, and uh, their only two losses of the year were their first two games against Portsmouth. They lost... Uh, the first one fifteen to six, and then the the second one fourteen to ten, you know. So a little bit a little bit closer in that second game, um, you know. And and Wyndham, um, you know, really going out and challenging itself this year too. They've got games against uh, Bishop Girton and Pinkerton coming up next week on on back to back days. 
So real, uh, you know, we'll find out a lot about themselves in those two games. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think, um, I think they, you know, based watching them in indoor, I knew they were going to have a pretty good team. Um, you know, they, they played in the upper division and indoor for an awful lot, uh, played up with some of the D one teams looked really good. Um, you know, and, and looking at their scores there too. I mean, I, I think those Portsmouth games early in the season are a little bit deceiving, right? You, you, you come out with arguably you're playing the state champions and you haven't played for a year. Um, you know, I, and then, and then the way they bounce back against, you know, Winnicunit, who traditionally looks like they might be a little bit down this year based on, based on their scores. But, you know, again, you're starting out the season with, with the defending state champions and the team that, uh, you know, perennially competes with Portsmouth right, for the yeah, state championship, yeah. you know, and then you're building on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I Wyndham definitely looks like, you know, a top com- a competitor in, in D2 with Portsmouth right now. You know, and the thing with both of them too, I, I, I've seen, you know, I haven't seen them both play a ton, but I've seen a little bit. And and the thing that gets me is, is that they both seem very, very well balanced. Um, you know, they've both got good goalies, good defenses, but then on offense, there isn't really like one player that stands out as kind of the one that has to carry the team. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the win that Wyndham had over Salem, I think they had something like 10 different girls score a goal in that game. Um, so, I mean, they've, they, I think they both have pretty good depth, uh, which, you know, in a, in a year like this is probably key, you know, as you're still trying to develop kids and, and get them, you know, caught up to that year, you know, the year they missed last year. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, that's why I think challenging, I think, you know, I think that th- those challenging games will be, will be good for them as they, as they head to the playoffs there. Um, and, um, you know, next, uh, you mentioned those, those big games that Wyndham has coming up next week. Uh, another couple of big games, uh, for, uh, D three on the girls side. Um, one of them taking place on, on, you know, your field up there in Dairyfield next Tuesday with, uh, the Dairyfield girls hosting St. Thomas. They'll turn around and play uh, next Thursday at St. Thomas, and I'm uh, yeah I'm I'm planning on being there for that Tuesday game, and I, that one I really don't know what to to expect from that one because both teams have been really good. Been really good. St. Thomas putting up a ton of goals right now in the games they've played. Um, hard to kind of hard to kind of gauge the two teams there. They you know I wish uh, the St. Thomas had their game with Goffstown canceled, so that would have been an interesting kind of score to kind of compare to compare to Dairyfield right, there. Right. Uh, you know, Dairyfield played uh, Winnicunit. St. Thomas didn't. Um, you know, they, they they lost kind of big. They lost big to, to Portsmouth, but no shame in that. I mean, Portsmouth clearly is showing that they can run with the, the top teams in D1. Um, there will be a Goffstown matchup on the 14th. They have to play them the day after they play Port, play Portsmouth. So I don't, again, I don't know how good of a, a, an indication that'll, that'll be, but um, you'll at least have a score to compare to there before they play Dairyfield. But I think it's the two teams that most people have felt will likely see each other in the, in the finals. Um, but the other team that I think is worth talking about right now is, is Bo. Bo's off to an undefeated start. Um, you know, Looks like defensively, they're putting up huge numbers. Again, arguably not against the the best talent of the division, right. but you know, huge huge offensive numbers and giving up very few goals. Um, so, unfortunately, you know, it doesn't look like Bo is going to be particularly challenged during the regular season with the with the schedule they have. But definitely a team to keep an eye on as they as they head into the playoffs. Yeah. They're a team too that I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to get out to see them as well because as you, as you mentioned, they they've had quite the season and it's, um, you know, you, you want to get out and and I, I I had this you know moment last week where I'm trying to plan out games to go to and whatever. It's just I can't believe that we're yeah. I think I might have mentioned this to you, or texted you this that I was thinking about doing like a a mid season report like oh where do we stand and you texted me back and I was like there's two weeks left in the season. Like oh yeah we're, that's right uh, we're man. basically two and a half two and a half weeks today we're the yeah. Wednesday we're the Wednesday we've got next week and we've got the week after that to finish up and then and then it's basically Memorial Day yeah we're uh, you know we're right at the end here it, so. it's uh, you know I don't know if it's because we missed last year or it, just, it feels like it's flown by well we definitely I mean it has flown by and we compressed we compressed everything we started a week later. Um, you know, I, I just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's flown by. So I, I didn't realize how missing that one week would, would compress things even more. Um, but, 
yeah, you know, I'm just, I, I'm thankful that it has, on one hand, it has flown by because we could be saying, oh man, we, you know, we could have had all these shutdowns and other yeah. things that have happened, you know, and it would have seemed like it took forever, but uh, that means it's a good, if it's, if it's flying by, that means that we've, we've been out playing and we're, you know, things are going well. Any final thoughts before we, uh, we wrap up for this week? No, I mean, I just think uh, in, in general, you know, it's been, it's been a great season so far and uh, you know, it's, it's, we've had some really good matchups. I think um, on one hand, you know, I, I think I've said this before, if there's been a silver lining to the, to COVID and the way we've had to do things this spring, I think, um, you know, a lot of teams, uh, you know, finding success because of being able to, to schedule, um, you know, more to their, their ability level and, and regionally and, and some great matchups that maybe we haven't had in the past. Um, you know, I, I can't believe we didn't even talk about, um, you know, Pembroke Academy five and one right now, you know, arguably off to the best start in, the, in their boys lacrosse history there possibility of uh you know getting into the playoffs and getting a getting a w um there so you know uh congratulations to coach dion and uh you know coach o'brien doing a nice job there so well, yeah a lot of um yeah a lot of teams that, that are doing really well that that maybe haven't um you know in in recent years so yeah well yeah maybe we can take a little more of a look at that next week too um just kind of go around and look at some of the, some of the teams that uh, we haven't mentioned as much this year. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, I think maybe a, a conversation worth having, is there a way to do something like this, but, you know, hold standings and use more, more power rankings maybe. Right. Yeah, so that, yeah. that, you know, maybe teams can find success. You're, you're rewarded for playing, you're rewarded for playing tougher schedules and, you know, it goes both ways. Like, okay, you want to build up your program and you want to get kids excited about it and you, you need wins to do that. Nobody, nobody wants to play all the time on a losing team, right? That's yeah. no fun. No. But at the same time, you know, you reward the teams that, that challenge themselves and, you know, maybe they don't have as, as pretty of a record as the other teams, but they're, they're, they're arguably one of the better teams. So it seems like there's a way that you, that, that that's gotta be able to be, be able to happen. All right. Well, we will, we will take the next week and brainstorm and, uh, come up with the solution for everything for next week <laughs> and uh you know everyone out there if you if you come up with an idea too please uh please feel free to to send me an email uh nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com let me know um and uh yeah we'll, we'll maybe that'll be amongst uh, the many things we discuss next week but uh i'm already looking forward to it chris thanks again for uh, for joining me my pleasure joe i'm glad we could do it always fun he is uh, Derryfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. I'm Joe Marcellina. Uh, thanks again for listening.